So if you've joined us for a handful of times this summer, you have begun to notice our theme during preaching and worship, looking ahead at celebrating the Reformation as we approach the 500th anniversary this October. So this summer, uh, the sermons have focused, uh, basically what we're doing is we're taking you back to confirmation class. Uh, we are literally using a confirmation curriculum uh, to help guide us uh, through this sermon time. So we're looking at the history of the Reformation, Lutheran theology, um, different Lutheran documents. And Luther wrote a lot of different things. Some you may be familiar with, the 95 Theses, the small, the large catechism. But he also wrote a lot of sermons and letters and essays. And fun fact, if you don't know already, he translated the entire Bible into German so the common folk could read the Bible for themselves. This morning we're going to take a look at one of his writings. It's an essay and a letter that is very popular that you may or may not have heard of. It's called On the Freedom of a Christian. It was written in about 1520 during a very challenging time between the Reformers and the Papacy, Pope Leo X. See, Luther and his colleagues during this time, they felt trapped. You see, the church has been what was at that time taken over by greed. And isn't that something we can relate to? Greed taking over our culture, our society, and even if we open our eyes our churches. And maybe it's not the same in the church as it was then, but greed ran everything. Instead of giving people grace and freedom, they required religious activities that people couldn't afford or have time for, such as pilgrimage. They required people to become monks or nuns. They made people respond with good works and give their money. And Luther realized as he began to read the scriptures that this law wasn't the core of the gospel, not even close. He began to realize that the word of God makes promises that don't depend on our actions because Christ did the work that is required for salvation. We are totally free, Luther discovered. So Luther shares this in this letter, Freedom of a Christian, with Pope Leo X, and challenges him with this letter, in which he talks about his own letter as he writes, This includes the whole Christian life in brief form, provided you grasp its meaning. And the meaning is simple. We are free so that we can serve our neighbor. Luther writes in this letter, A Christian is perfectly free, Lord of all, subject to none. And he also writes, A Christian is, perf is perfectly dutiful servant of all, yet subject to all. See, Luther was writing this in response to the dominant theology of his day that was this idea that, and suggestion that you can climb this spiritual ladder higher and higher by doing good works. It's the same battle the Apostle Paul fought in his day. And it is still theology that we encounter today. Watch out for it. Listen for it. 
Notice it, and you'll see it. If you do good works, then, then you can become a better Christian. If you do good works, then God will grant you more favor. This type of destructive theology. We hear Paul write to Galatia, the Galatian church, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And here again what Luther wrote in this letter. A Christian is perfectly free, Lord of all, subject to none. Yet also a Christian is perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. Does that make sense? Don't those seem to contradict one another? It's called a paradox. And Lutherans love a good paradox. Another Lutheran paradox you may be familiar with is saint and sinner. How we are both saint and sinner at the same time. How could that be? A paradox is something where it is totally true, but yet seems like it's opposite. Christian freedom is a paradox. We do not have to earn our salvation. We are absolutely, totally, unquestionably freed from the law. God has claimed us, not because we've tallied enough spiritual points in this life, or because we've jumped through enough religious hoops, but simply just because. We do not deserve God's love. We didn't earn it. Yet, we have it in abundance. This is a result of God's grace. It's difficult to understand, and it doesn't make sense. I was reminded of it from a video I saw yesterday on Facebook. I've seen this video a number of times, but um, some, one of you in the congregation shared it again, and, and it brought to my mind and said, this is perfect, perfect analogy for, for tomorrow. It's about a man who goes to court for a speeding ticket. And I'm sure, like many of you, of course, maybe not you, but maybe as I have done, began to justify why you were speeding. He begins to make these excuses to the judge. But I wasn't going that much fast over the speed limit. I was still in control. I was still safe. And then, and then it got to this um, point where he was like, well, the signs weren't clearly posted. I didn't really know. And then the judge asked him, well, have you read the, the law and the handbook before taking your driver's test? Oh, yeah. Did you know that if it's not posted, you're supposed to go this speed? Well, yeah, I knew that. We do that too, don't we? Begin to make excuses for things that we do wrong. But then the great part of this moment happened where the judge looked at his about five, maybe six-year-old son and invited him to come forward and asked this little boy if his father was guilty or not guilty. And this little boy took the microphone and said, Guilty. Isn't that how it is sometimes? That we like to make excuses, but yet we get called out. We're guilty, no matter how many excuses we like to make. But then the judge did something else equally incredible. He said, you, you have an honest son and you are raising an honest son. And he let this man walk. Grace getting what we don't 
deserve. That's what the first part of this freedom is all about. The grace that we receive from God, even though we're guilty and we know it, even though we make excuses, but yet God grants us the freedom anyway. However, Luther made it clear that freedom doesn't stop there. That freedom doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want or whatever we please because we know God's grace is available. That freedom has a purpose. That we've been freed for something. That freedom swings us right into a freedom to love in our neighbor and to serve our neighbor. Doing good works is not a requirement for salvation, but a grateful, spontaneous, joyful response to the grace that we received. It is a natural response of our joy knowing that we are loved and forgiven. Our experience of God's love leads us to share that love with others. See, Christian freedom has this wonderful cycle to it. It begins first and foremost with God's love. Always first with God's love. And then through God's love, God forgives us. And then we rejoice and give thanks for that forgiveness. And then out of gratitude and respect, we share that love and that grace with others. But then guess what happens? We screw up again. But then God's love is still there. And then there's forgiveness. And the cycle continues. We're evolving, centering around, and always coming back to and beginning with God's love. The kind of freedom Luther describes changes our understanding of things. It changes our understanding of what, it, what responsibility is. We often tend to think of responsibility as something we are obligated to do. But the root meaning of responsibility is response and then ability. The ability to respond. Ability isn't an obligation word. It is a word of opportunity. The freedom we receive from Christ gives us the ability to respond in freedom to others. I'm going to disagree with Pastor Jess's slip of the tongue, or agree with her slip of the tongue, that yesterday was a mission trip down the river. See, three weeks ago, or four weeks ago now, the youth went to a mission trip in West Virginia. But the purpose of mission trips aren't just to go for a week at a time and do mission and then come home and then go next summer for a week and do mission. But in a sense, mission is something we do every day throughout our lives. So yesterday, we were on our way out to the river in LaGrange County. And I'm driving my vehicle, one I picked up from the used car lot 36 hours before. And my tire pressure light comes on. I'm like, oh no. And then a little while later, I begin to hear, so I pull over and guess what? I have a flat tire. Turns out that there's a nice big slash on the back side of the tire, and it looks like I must have ran over some metal. There was no screw, but must have ran over something metal. And really got to thinking, I wonder where there's construction where I could possibly run over metal. I have no idea. At least not in Goshen, right? But what I saw beginning in that moment 
was we had one car following us, and a bunch of youth jumped out. And in this new vehicle, we were still trying to figure out all where the secret compartments were for all the, the items and how we can uh, begin to lower the spare tire. We, the youth jumped right in to help figure that out, to lend a helping hand. Well, and then there was another vehicle that was going to meet us out there, pulled over and joined us on the side of the road. And other members of the congregation who weren't joining us, who just happened to be passing by that way, joined the caravan along 20. And we all began to change the tire. But then something else incredible happened. There was a moment where I turned back and looked at my son Micah in the back seat of the car and I said, Micah, well, another miracle is that there was a tire station five miles down the road. I said, Micah, we're going to need to stop and get this tire looked at and fixed. And we'll try our best to get to the river and go with the group, but I can't make any promises. It was in that moment that Micah just began to bawl and to cry at the thought of missing out. But yet it was that same moment that some of our youth said, no, he can come with us, can he? Can we take him? I think that's what it means to live with the freedom of a Christian. To notice the pain in your neighbor. And to respond. To help out. To share God's love that you first received with others. It first starts with the love and the joy we receive from Christ. And then we let that flow through us. That's what it means to live with the freedom of a Christian. Amen.